What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of The Bullpen. Today, I got somebody who I've been dying to connect with for years because this dude is literally a celebrity, okay? He can't go anywhere, especially here in Utah, and especially in a specific industry that we're going to talk about. He can't go anywhere without getting just sworn by his fans, right? <laughs> I've been wanting to connect with this guy for so long because what he's done, let me just kind of give you guys an idea. This dude has literally placed himself as probably the king as like the head of one of the hardest and most difficult industries in the world. There's no question at what this dude has done. Like, by, by the way, most difficult, most challenging industries in the world, something that I have personally done myself and I hated every second of it, right? Um, but also one of the most competitive industries in the world. And this dude right here on the podcast today, I can't wait for us all to learn from him because he's conquered the whole fucking thing. If you want to talk about the king of an industry, this is him right here. Sam Taggart. Sam Taggart, founder of Door-to-Door -Door Association, Door-to-Door -Door Con, which is massive. Everyone knows about that. Speaker, author of ABC Money of Closing, podcaster, and CEO of the Door-to-Door -Door, uh, Experts. Built a multi-seven-figure consulting firm under in under three years. Consulted over 250 nationwide um uh, businesses creating, implementing, and growing door-to-door -door programming. After selling 400 Solcius, uh, or, or sorry, personal alarm counts, leading him to be the number one at Vivint. Anyone who knows who Vivint knows that's badass, right? Vivint, multi-billion-dollar company at this point, worldwide recognized, huge, and they even got Snoop Dogg. Yeah, it's dope. It's pretty dope. <laughs> it's pretty dope. And being a former VP of Solcius, he felt compelled to create something greater. Sam has a strong passion for influencing and leading others. Sam's mission is to unify, up, up level, and bring honor and integrity to the door-to-door -door industry, which is huge, right? That's that's I, I can't wait to dive into this with you, man, because I, I just I want to pick your brain on this, right? He spends a lot of his time on empowering youth through his education and training programs, street smarts teaching them how to learn, uh, what is this, Recruit-O-Matic. What is, what is that? It's a software. So it's, uh, I have a couple softwares. I oh, okay. All right. So yeah. another uh, software and vanilla message and is an avid real estate and crypto investor. Uh oh, crypto. Not good. Not going well right now. I know. I just looked at Coinbase <laughs> for the first time in like a month. I'm yeah. like, I wonder if it's changed. Like nah, shit. Still sitting at 20 grand. <laughs> well, dude, there's, there's no question that, you know, you, you've done some incredible things, man, right? I mean, there's so many things, obviously, I could list off about what you've accomplished, you know, and that's just, and here's the cool thing about that. We just read that off, and someone listening to that is like, holy shit, dude, this, like, this dude's conquered the world, right? Everything he stepped into, he's basically, you know, had success with, right? But what I love is the one question, everybody knows this, is like, how the hell did you get here, right? Because I love the story of yeah. how the hell you got to this point, like, how the hell you became, like, the king of the door-to-door -door industry, like I said, one of the most difficult and one of the most competitive and, you know, brutal industries in the world, you have dominated that industry. And honestly, I don't even want to say dominate, unified that yeah. industry, yeah. which is even cool. Like that's, that's, that's like, that's incredible because we were just talking about this a little earlier. It's so competitive and it's so just, I mean, it has to be because it's such a difficult place. You have to unify your teams. You have to make them feel us versus them. But you have successfully unified the door-to-door -door community. I know that's a big goal for you. But we'll dive into all that. But first, man, what's your story? Like, how'd you get here, man? Who's Sam Taggart? Yeah, so I, thanks, first off, for having me on the show. <laughs> like, what a privilege. So oh, shucks. <laughs> I, uh, one, you know, I, I was that little kid 
selling golf balls at the golf course. I was out painting curbs on the addresses all through high school. Oh, you really? Know, started at like 11 doing magazines and 13 doing curbs. And then graduate high school, two days later, shipped out into alarms. So this was back in like <laughs> 2008. You know, yeah. so it's like never had a W-2. So yeah. it was like all I knew was commissions. Uh. And, you know, what's funny is I, I think back to like my early years of knocking and a lot of people don't see that hard school of hard knocks. Like yeah, right. The years of blood, sweat, and tears and bloody knuckles and getting your face kicked in, cops called on you, blood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes. thrown yeah. in prison. <laughs> like, I mean, like people don't realize the crap that you have to go through. Oh, and all wow. they do sometimes see you on the podcast, the main stages, the, you know, like the New Yorker articles and stuff like that. It's like they don't see the years mm. of like face getting kicked in. Oh, yeah. And that's what's, that's why I like talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like they have no idea. They skip all that. Yeah. I'm like, guys, like that was 2008 was my first like year of, you know, alarm sales, mm. and I wasn't always the best. Like yeah. I was like an average, a little above average. Mm. Like I did well my first year, but not like the top guy. Mm. And then so I did like 80 accounts, and then the next year I did 160, and then the next but year I did 80 is good for for yeah I mean, for, for alarms is an expensive high ticket item, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's respectable. The average guy's gonna do like. 40, 50, right. and I did 80, you know what yeah, I mean? So it's right. like, a, and and the best are doing like 300, right? Yeah. And so I went like 80, 160, 300, 400, yeah. you know, and I started just being like, okay, what's next? Yeah. And um, so it, it was a progressive growth. And I mm -hmm. think like anybody listening, they don't see those, they, they're just like, oh, you're automatically the best. I'm yeah. Like, no, I just had to work at training and getting better and pushing myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I was, you know, one of Vivint's top reps every year. And, um, I, I just was like, dude, like this isn't it. Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't feel like what was next was go be a bigger top rep. <laughs> you know, it's like, I did it. I, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I did the achievement yeah, and I felt right. like very unfulfilled. Like I was mm. like, okay, the heavens didn't open up. I'm still here. Do I yeah. just keep doing it? Right. So the next year, you know, I was number one in 2014 and 2015, I was like number five. And then I was like, I'm just not happy anymore. Like, yeah. this is cool. I'm making great money. But mm -hmm. I then switched into the solar industry, became the VP of sales of a solar company for a couple of years mm -hmm. into end of 2015. And that was fun. I grew this big solar company. We did well. But I felt like there was this, like, call. So I, I was in the desert on a three-day meditation retreat where I just got dropped off and said, sit on a rock fast and don't move. For what? How three long? Day, three days. You sat on a rock for three days? Well, it's two and a half, and then it started raining. So what? in the like evacuate. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, hold up. What? Yeah, so, like, I'm all into, like, weird, cool stuff. That, so, summer of 2017, mm -hmm. I do this meditation three-day fast, and I had this vision, and it was this me speaking on this big stage, and I was like, what is that? And I kept asking God, I was like, what is that? What is that? What is that? And it was like, you need to throw an event. And I was like, for door to door. Mm. And I was like, uh, do we have like a misconnection here? Like, <laughs> bad signal. No, that's not a good idea. Because <laughs> <That's right. laughs> knowing how competitive cutthroat, you're not going to yeah. get two competitors to stand in the same room and bring their people to do that. Right. Because then they're going to like try to they're poach each try other. They're going to try to poach each other. Yeah, it's right. like, I was like, it's called like a recruiting UFC fight. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like best man gets your team. Like, yeah, that's right. And so, yeah. you know, and I was like, no, that's never going to work. And then I kept feeling this call to throw this event, door-to-door -door con. And, well, at the time, I didn't know the name of it. Yeah. Um, so finally, it felt so strong because I had already kind of been down this track of, like, I started a Facebook page back in, like, 2012 mm. being like, let's share best practices mm. and, and tips and tricks. And 
you know, and, and it kept getting shut down because people were like, you can't share secrets online. Like, why are you giving away your secrets? And I'm like, yeah. uh, I don't know, because I want to make everybody good. Yeah, like, right. And, and people were throwing rocks at me, telling me to shut this stuff down. And yeah. so finally I was like, F you guys. Like, and, and then I was like, I'm just having doing this. Yeah. And then I started a podcast and I called a couple of people. I was like, hey, would you be on my podcast? Even uh -huh. though I know you don't work for me, yeah. but like, I, I respect you as in the industry. Yeah. And the first two people I called, they're like, why would I share my tips and tricks on your podcast? on a podcast. Like, <laughs> that's what makes me good. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is exactly why this industry needs yeah. my mission, which mm. was to unify up level, mm. bring honor and integrity to mm. the space. Cause I was like, why do we live in such a scarcity mindset? Mm. Why is there this en energy around lack or like me, 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 mm. or this like cutthroat industry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, can we deconstruct that? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, those, some people are not going to resonate with my mission, mm -hmm. but I guarantee you there's probably other people out there that might align with what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm. And so we launched the first, or I launched this event and I got so much shit right when I launched it. Yeah. People were like, uh, cool. Like, is this a joke? Is yeah. this a Solstice recruiting event? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Good, good ploy, Sam. Like yeah. I'm not bringing my people to this. And, yeah. And then, uh, and finally, like, there was a, a time and place where I was like, I can't serve two masters. I can't be this, like, VP of sales yeah. recruiting and throwing this neutral switch. Because no matter how many promises you make, they're like, he's going to throw gonna, some pitch in Yeah, there. yeah. exactly. Right. So, so I had to eventually just be like, I quit. Like, mm. I felt so aligned and called, not knowing what it was going to turn into. I mean, that was over five years ago mm. that I had to be like, okay, I'm out. Mm -hmm. and I took a risk, lost money on the event, mm -hmm. you know, like had really just kind of like, wow, I left a really good thing going Yeah, and just got scrappy and tried to figure it out. So yeah. I started taking on consulting clients. Mm -hmm. I started, you know, uh, mastermind, um, mm -hmm. which is still going. I mean, I started the, doing the event every year and added more events mm -hmm. every year. So I have like 20, 30 events a year. And, wow. you know, now we do, you know, several millions of dollars of revenue every year doing our online training. So we have a whole virtual training system mm -hmm. that we go to companies and build out their training to masterminds, to events, to coaching, to client, mm -hmm. like consulting, yeah. to speaking, to all mm -hmm. sorts of cool stuff. And yeah. Just kept at it. Jeez. Stayed aligned with the mission and now we're at where we're at. Yeah. I don't think, so there's a lot I want to unpack there, but I don't think people really understand. Unless you've done it, You, I don't think you really can ever understand what it's like to put on an event. Like Dude, it's hard. A, a big event, not just like a little seminar, you know, at a hotel, right? There's there's effort that goes into that. We're talking of thousands and vendors and, you know, yeah. liability. You got fire marshals. And shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I remember like move the chairs. You guys set them up crooked. Oh, that'll be three grand. You're like, yeah, to move the chair. Can I just have my people? You can't touch the chairs. Yes. You're like, can we hang a drape right here? That's an extra eight grand. I'm like, to hang a drape? Like, oh, can I dude. just go pin the thing up? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then the week before, two yeah, weeks yeah. before, like some random $80,000 bill. You're like, what? The? Like yeah. I just threw a little event. I mean, 250 people in Vegas mm -hmm. with Bradley and Andy and it. You know, that thing costs like 300 grand. Like people don't yeah. realize like how much goes in oh, to yeah. an event. Yes. Massive. And massive. I had never, I had never been to an event. Yeah. I'd never like seen it, like <laughs> let alone planned one. Yeah. You know what I mean? I right. was like, cool. Yeah. And I'm like, I hope people come and then nobody's buying tickets. And what's, <laughs> what's funny, the week of that first event, yeah. um, Vivint, just out of spite, decides to throw a free event down the hall at the Salt Palace with Grant Cardone. Oh, you're kidding. So I find out the week of, so does everyone else. Yeah. And they just were like, hey, come to our free event. It's a recruiting event, of course, uh -huh. to try to poach and the great. 800 and something people that showed up to DoorDoorCon the first year. Oh, my god! And I'm sitting, I'm over here like, are you effing kidding yeah. me? Like, I'm like, really? Just to mess with me? Like, yeah. screw you. Like, yeah. that, again, why I'm effing doing this? Yeah. Like, my mission is exactly the opposite of this. Yeah. 
and it completely backfired on them, which was the cool blessing. Really, it did. Yeah, it so, like Todd and Grant. They looked like idiots, like throwing mud at people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you think you can recruit against us? We're the best. Like, why not work here? You know?" And it's just like, does, is Grant connected with Vivint? No, well, Todd and him, I guess, were friends until then. Oh, and then Todd Grant calls Todd Peterson's wife easy, and then they get on a fight on stage. Whoa, and no. so I'm talking like that's their event. No way. So everybody's like, Sam's over here, unified. Let's be honest and like up level. And then they go over there, they're like, oh shit, this is a shit show. And then they walk back halfway through, and I'm like, wow, that was quick. Why is everybody coming back? Yeah. And they're like, oh, that was embarrassing. <laughs> like, oh why did we go gosh. over there? And then they just social media just blows up. And so what I thought was going to be the worst thing for us turned into the best thing for us wow. because firm lesson lesson number one when you have a pure mission yeah that is literally like aligned with like good principles yeah. and values and you, you it makes it so obvious when people try to like go evil on that yeah it's like cool the light will prevail yeah and i just held true i just and i still to this day i love them and i have tons of friends there and i'm always going to speak highly of them i've even helped consult them now yeah. like i'm just like hey that wasn't but cool. <laughs> why Why would have you done that? And I yeah. told him, I was like, you guys are more than happy to bring Grant here. We'll mm -hmm. like make it a win-win. Like, mm -hmm. why? Mm -hmm. This is a complete attack against everything that I'm standing for. Yeah. And I'm, I, I just think it, it pisses me off mm -hmm. in the sense of how often people play at a low frequency mm -hmm. and think they can win. And they play an I win, you lose game. Mm -hmm. And so when I look for business opportunities or I look for partnerships or I look for creation of things i'm just like does it align with the mission mm. and is it a win-win scenario wow i had no idea that that's what happened the dude, buck wild. but it, like, <laughs> is buck dude, wild. it was buck wild like their own vps vivens were like we learned a valuable lesson today don't be idiots oh like, my god you know what I mean? just <laughs> take all those posts down people yeah. are like shooting like i mean just easy target at that yeah. point and, oh my and they're gosh. texting me like sam you gotta monitor this i'm like wait what happened yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just said I was just out in Miami with Grant, actually, and that is one thing. He, dude, he is, he's, in a good way, he's unfiltered, right? Yeah, yeah. He's really unfiltered. Call the kid fat on stage. Oh, like, I heard about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, everybody's like, wow, really? Damn, like, dude. And we're over here like, you know, strengthen the family Str unit. Yeah. You know, like, like, Honor, integrity, yeah. <laughs> love, and kindness. Grant Cardone comes out. What's up, fat ass? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, okay. Jeez, that's awesome, man. Okay, well, let's back up actually to like how you grew up. Like, why were you so intrigued in like selling golf balls and like, like, uh, you know, like painting curbs and like making money that way? Like, where did that come from? Because, I mean, did you guys grow up, you know, poor and you had to make money in order to like, like make money or did you just have something in you? You just wanted to do something like, or just boredom? Like, wh where did that come from? That's you know, a, that's a really good question. Yeah. And those that are listening, like, need to understand. I grew up in the richest micropolitan of America. I was in Park City all right, yeah, on yeah. White Pine Canyon Road <laughs> where I could ski to my house where all of my neighbors had basketball courts. You know what I mean? Like, you could ski to your house? Yeah. Like wow. I'm literally like, like talk about me growing up in a box that yeah. didn't know I was in a box. Yeah. Yet my dad was the type, unlike some of my friends, where... He was like, you want a pair of shoes? You got two legs. You want a cell phone? You got two legs. Mm. You want a car? You got two legs. Like, mm. he shops at the DI still to this day. Like, really? drives a Camry. You're like, <laughs> what the hell, dude? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, at the end of the day, I learned if I wanted something, I had the ego of, like, I earned it. Mm. And I think so many people have this element of, like, give me, give me, and the world owes me, and mm. my parents owe me, and my boss owes me, and I 
weirdly was just kind of raised as go get what you want. Yeah, right? right. And so when I found my cousin who was out painting curbs, he was like, Sam, you want to come paint curbs with me on a Saturday? We're like, I was like, sure, I'll go try that out. Mm-hmm. And like when it made a hundred bucks and I was just like, well, what the heck? Like I could yeah. go get a job or I yeah. could do this. And huh. you know, and, and it just like quickly triggered almost like a drug of like, I became more addicted to this. Wow. Eat what you kill. You're earn what you're worth mm-hmm. work when you want kind of mentality. Yeah. And so when I learned that there was alarms or pest control or whatever, it was kind of like, Oh, that's even cooler. I make way more than, you know, it's yeah. like I can do the same thing, but make more like right. done. And so it's just like an easy transition for me. Um, but now, you know, like, for example, Rob Sperry, like we work together on bigger projects. So I spoke in front of DECA's 2000 students, like mm. they're an entrepreneur for high school mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm actually working on speaking in front of like 16,000 in their nationals in Atlanta. Wow. So like helping teach them mm. street smarts, mm-hmm. which is really to empower a new way of learning. Cause mm. it's like in the formal education system, it's like, yeah, you just kind of get programmed to like go to school, go to college, get a normal job. Mm-hmm. And I like my dad luckily was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So my dad, like when I dropped out of college, he was like, yeah, I don't know why you went to college where most parents are like get to school or yeah. else you're never going to survive. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Like my dad was like, why are you going to college? You're a pretty savvy kid. Yeah. Like, wasting your time. You're wasting your time. Yeah. And I was like, what a cool dad. Yeah. You know that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so I just kind of was raised in the sense of be creative, think differently, mm-hmm. fight the grain, you mm-hmm. know, because that was kind of my culture and my family unit. Yeah. And I always liked to do the opposite of what everyone told me. Yeah. I was always an anti the system. Yeah. And I think that served me when it's come to business or come to door to door or come to, you know, everyone's like, mm-hmm. why, when are you going to get a normal job, yeah. Sam? And I'm like, I have a normal effing job. When are you going to get a normal job? <laughs> You're working at effing Starbucks. I knock doors. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, yeah. like, that's not a real job though. I'm like, uh, yeah, come, when try, it, come it. try it. You Please. Dig. Like, yeah. it's a nor- I get paid just like anyone else, except yeah. I just get paid way more than you. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> but I was just, I, I love that fight the grain mentality. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just served me throughout my life. I mean, that's been a fascinating question I've, I've talked to people about on this podcast. Cause obviously there's been a lot of successful people on this podcast, right? Um, and it's fascinating to hear the stories of those who grew up with nothing. And then also the stories of people who grew up with everything and to hear them both basically have the same, the same mindset ingrained in them by their, by their parents. You eat what you kill. Right. And, and it was never like, like a lot of people would think like, Sam, you're going to take over the family business. Like uh, Sam, you're going to go uh-huh. work for your dad. Yeah. Like never even a thought. Mm. Hell no, I'm not going to work for my dad. Yeah. I get my own shit. Yeah. Like, and like, I even think of like, when we talk about inheritance, you know, like we've started to have those conversations yeah. and I'm like, I don't want your shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, and people were like, wait, wait, Norman, it's like, how much of the inheritance do I get of the kids? Yeah, right? right. And I was yeah. like, I won't need your inheritance. Like yeah. get to the great grandkids at that point. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right, yeah. I'm going to be killing it no matter what. Like, yeah. So I've always had that mentality of like ownership mm. over your own success. Yeah. No, I mean that like, if there's one thing people, cause they talk about like, I've heard Gary Vee say this all the time. He says it's an advantage to grow up poor. I'm like, I'm like not really though. Cause you know, if you grow up poor, you know, like you, you, it really, it just depends on what your mentality is, what your, your parents is still in you. Cause if they instill in you a victim mentality, that could be whether you grew up, you know, in a wealthy family or poor family. And a lot of times actually someone who grows up in a wealthy family gets used to the idea of I can do great things, yeah. right? Just their expectation of life is yeah. a higher thing. Exactly. That's just what you want to do. So I've studied this and this mm. is an interesting answer to that. And maybe you disagree or agree. I think there's generations, right? So let's say that my grandpa was broke ass. Mm. My dad, let's say he pioneers success. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want my kids to ever have to 
to go up that, go way. Up that way. Yeah, so right. he's got this extra give, 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 give yeah. everything to my kids, uh-huh. which then enabled the kid and never taught them what he had to pioneer. Yeah. So what happens is it's like that second generational wealth gets debilitated mm-hmm. instead of like, okay, cool. Wh- let me be bring consciousness, not this vindictive, like this vendetta of like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll show my kids a different life because my parents sucked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that is where I think it becomes debilitating mm. where I think if you could come into it as like, Hey, I didn't have any handouts. Therefore I'm not going to give my kids any handouts. Meaning that was my best lessons. Like mm. that was the value of what made me who I am. Yeah. I want to make sure I press that value onto my kids. Mm. That's when I think it becomes a, an advantage. He's mm. like, I figured something out. It's the principles that my parents taught me of like work your ass off to get what you want and not debilitate my kids, mm-hmm. work your ass off to get what you want. Because I got here, you know, what you doing to get here? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember it was weed every, every Saturday growing up, weed for four hours. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, what's my allowance? What kind of weed? <laughs> no, but, four hours. Yeah, man. four hours. Good We're song. talking Park City, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so, so it was, you know, you'd have to go weed the yard for four hours. And it yeah. was like, my, I would say, what well, was my allowance? Because I watched my friends always get an allowance. Ah, yeah. And my parents were like, no, we don't pay allowance. Mm-hmm. It's called rent. It's yeah. called like a, a roof over your head and right. a pantry full that's of right. food. Yeah. You don't have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. That's why you get a weed. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, that's that makes sense. Yeah. Like they, like they taught that kind of principle yeah. versus like you're just entitled to money every week because you mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how my parents are. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean. Oh, God, yeah, dude, I love that because here's the thing. This is from that my father grew up with, you know, like actually nothing, right? Like his, you know, I, I could go into this whole thing, but like my father really worked his ass off to make sure that, you know, we understood, you know, that if you work hard, you can get to where you want to be because he's had a lot of success in what he's done, but it only came because he had nothing and he was determined to make sure that would not happen to us as kids, right? Yep. And his principle has always been growing up. And, you know, if you know anything about my story, it is that love is not weak. Love is tough. And I think that is one of the hardest, le- I think that is one of the worst lessons that is being thrown around is this, this weak-minded, like only be kind and soft and loving and don't push them past their limits. Like they have their limits, you know, let's protect them, right? Oh, and also like you know, that the right. world's so dangerous. Yes. You're going to get sexually assaulted. Yes, You're right. going to get raped and kidnapped. Yeah. You're going to get- If you go out to yeah. knock doors, what yeah. could happen, yeah. right? You're like, uh, okay. Where yeah. it's like our parents, they grew up like, see you mom and be gone for eight hours <laughs> right. and who knows where land, right? yeah. like sitting in the bed of a truck with no seatbelts. Right, like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like a different way. It's like- yeah. Now it's like so safe, like yeah. everything's gonna get you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, well, I don't want my kids grow up that way. Like, no, yeah. And that, hence why I'm teaching street smarts. Like mm-hmm. street smarts is like get your face kicked in yeah. over and over and over again, so that you learn grit, hard work, rejection, yeah. real life yeah. communication. That they're not learning. Yes, in school. right. No offense. I know you're not. School's the biggest bunch of horseshit now ever. Like I am. I I hate school, and I. The only thing I think there should be trade schools. That's it. At yeah, this yeah. point, I'm 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 over this whole curriculum thing. I think there should be trade schools. Obviously, we all agree we want a doctor to go to school. Yeah, we yeah. want an engineer to go to school. That's awesome. But that means it's a trade school, right? Go learn the trade of it. Don't go to this, you know, structured program. It's basically just sending your kids off to be babysat. So I'm I'm actually building. I mean, I wasn't gonna mention this, but go ahead. What I'm building right now is a technology platform to actually develop a new way of education, revolutionizing mm. the formal education system. Awesome. In the sense of 
making it to where industry experts and yeah. trades can go host their system and their curriculum and their way of coaching mm-hmm. on a platform mm-hmm. that then creates a human development score because mm-hmm. it's like nobody cares in any way even in, a, in a even in a job interview you're not like what was your gpa back like five yeah, years ago right it's like i care what you're doing today to actively track your habits your yeah. goals your achievements who you're getting coaching through what programs you're part of mm-hmm. what you're studying and learning and how like I want to know what that looks like over the last three years, not what you did in college 10 years ago. Human development score. So it's, a, it's called a human development system. Yeah. That's basically taking goal setting, learning, and assignments and putting in the experts and coaches. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you can use it in enterprise or you can use it through coaching. But like it's basically combining that element, those elements mm-hmm. into one system to mm-hmm. aggregate a score to help you track what's your actually personal development like wow. you're developing yeah because so often we go to these conferences or we go to these coaches and we go to these goal setting things and we're like new year's resolution and then yeah. it's like see you later in three to three weeks you yeah, know what i mean it's right. like there's no accountability uh-huh. and if i can as an employer or as just me for me see the progress of see the tracking see the numbers mm-hmm. and the data to actually put learning to result habits and goals to result mm-hmm. and put those two in one platform it literally is a way for us to change how we self-enroll into learning, coaching, developing, mm-hmm. which is what the world needs. I, I, it does, and there's no question. I mean, more and more people are doing homeschool because, yeah. especially with you know the way that we, what everyone's revolutionized. We don't talk about this how Zoom and you know what yeah. happened with Corona made it so uh, being you know like working from home. Well, what about school from home? Yeah. Look at what happened there. That's what right. That's what it's going to be for. I want people to put their homeschool. Pro- My kids homeschool. Yeah. So it's like. I want to be the the instructors or the curriculums to be able to be put through there mm-hmm. and me to be able to track it. Like the problem is I'm divorced, so yeah. I don't know what the freak my ex is doing in the homeschool. Yeah, I want to be able right. to have a system that shows me mm. here's their progress. Yeah, and mm. you know, so that's a huge reason that we're building this is just because I feel like there isn't a system out there that's mm. a universal platform that's globalized, that's mm. centralized, like that yet is decent. It's a decentralized yeah. one platform like Facebook. It's Anybody could put whatever they want. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's a, it's a social media decentralized free community yeah. that we live in, right? Yeah. Instagram, same thing. Yeah. But where is that for the education system on a global platform? Hmm. That's fascinating. That's Genius, though, because I, I love that idea because here, here's the only pushback I see people giving with something like that is is it's important for kids to socialize, right? Or, and here's, here's actually what I will say is a lot of people say why school's important, like high school and elementary school, is because, unfortunately, there are a lot of deadbeat mothers and fathers out there who don't even feed their kids, don't watch their kids. And so by the kid actually going to school, they get some meals, right? No, and I don't don't disagree with that. Like, I say still go to school, but it's like it empowers that hungry me version of 14-year-old me. Yeah. It's like... This is all cool, but uh-huh. I'm really actually interested in this trade or marketing yeah. or like learning how to start a business right now. Right. It's like those tools and resources are accessible. Yeah. It's just we're throttling it. Yeah. And it's like I think our younger class could arc- get a head start even in life yeah. if they just had this visible to self enroll in. Yeah. And I'm not saying I have to replace like going to school. I'm just saying if they're going to homeschool, like why not have a better system and technology and communication system mm-hmm. to track it and then yeah. start creating online communities. Mm-hmm. Like I agree they should be socializing mm-hmm. and there's an events piece to this yeah. of what we're building. Right. So it's yeah. like, think of like festivals yeah. for personal development. Right. 
So it's like you have a macro stage. So think of like we all come to Tony Robbins, but mm -hmm. then it's like, cool. Then there's micro communities that have stages elsewhere. Right. It's like, if I want to learn real estate, go there. If I want to learn freaking marketing, go there. If I want to learn finance, go here. If yeah. I want to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's an element of community and tribal like mm. events mm -hmm. that create that. Yeah, as well. I agree. I mean, again, like, cause I'm saying that's one argument, but on the other argument, you know, you can argue that schools are never, have never been less safe. You know, we talk about school shootings every uh, happening wherever, all the shit that happens in schools, what's being taught in schools. How, how do you control what a teacher's teaching in schools? They're bringing in, you know, like these people that teach their, you know, this, this agenda. And, you know, it's like, well, it's like, holy they're shit. They're paid 50 grand a year. It's like, I want my, right. I want my kids to be taught by the guys making 500 grand a year. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Right. Like, I want my kids to go learn from like real actual experts mm -hmm. that are masters in what they do. Yeah. Like, and I'm going to say, like, I actually... And like so grateful for school teachers to it's almost like in my mind, I'm like, you're doing a service to society. Congrats yeah. for taking so low pay yeah. and doing such a hard job because there's no way I'd sit there and babysit five year, you know, mm -hmm. eight year olds all day. Like right. I, I could not do that. Right. But at the same time, like there's a level of development that these teachers aren't getting because they're not in the real world, like actually going and starting businesses mm -hmm. or actually going through a lot of those life lessons that come through what creates the content mm -hmm. and, and the people out there doing things are creating that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that, that's a, that's like the next iteration of the vision that I'm creating, yeah. which is, which is really cool. I love that. No, that's genius. I mean, I, I, I can't wait to see the future of what ends up happening because something has to change. Yeah. It really does, you know? And I, I, I think, you know, we, we start changing that. We're, we're in a lot better position as just, as just society. Right. And, you know, do like, you want to come back to your story, like, you know, your parents taught you, basically how to live and struggle, right? Like, and like, that is the truth, right? And people would say like, oh, he didn't struggle, he didn't grow poor, but it's like, no, no, no. They taught you how to fight your own battles, how to learn how to struggle. And literally, love is struggle. Yes. That is what, that's kind of the definition of love. And if you take the true definition of love, which is charity, right? You understand that actually the struggle and the pain is what love is. Right. And, 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 and it's your responsibility if you're receiving that kind of love mm -hmm. to perceive it that way. Yes. The problem is, is it's like your, your decision to react negatively or positive mm -hmm. is up to you at that yeah, point. Yeah. Right. And like, for example, I went to, this is a great story. So yeah. Saturday, my girlfriend was like Thursday, Friday, I went to Chris Crohn's event. Oh, yeah. And then Saturday I was like, Oh, let me come. I know Chris, like, let's just like go uh -huh. and I'll say hi and sit in for like an hour or two. Right. Yeah. I show up, the security's like, no, you don't have a pass. I was like, well, like, let me text Chris. Chris yeah. isn't texting back. I was like, dude, like, just let me in. No, yeah. like, nope, nope, nope. I'm like trying every which way to like, and just then at, at the end of the day, I'm like, I throw events. I'm like, I am so impressed and I'm so proud of these security people to just hold true to the people that pay. Uh, the people that should be here, uh, the private, you know what I mean? That's and they didn't let me in. Yeah. And I was like, good for them. <laughs> Where some people would have been like, hell, fetch it. And I'm like, I didn't pay for a ticket. I should like, they're doing their job. Yeah. And I responded in the sense of what a life lesson that I mm -hmm. get to learn to tighten up my security at my events. Yeah. To, to really honor the people that did pay mm -hmm. at my own damn events. Mm -hmm. And I learned such a cool lesson on Saturday. Mm. And I'm like, some people probably wouldn't have responded in the sense of what no an way. opportunity that yeah. they gave tough love, right? but respect. Mm -hmm. And I was like, good for them. Yeah. And I think too often people see it as the victim and they yeah. see it as like, oh, I should have and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's a perfect example of it's your opportunity to say my parents, my boss, you know, my boss yeah. is reaming down my throat because I'm not knocking enough. It's yeah. like, 
Uh, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. He's reaming down your throat because right. he wants you to make more money and mm-hmm. actually be a top performer. Yeah. Why right. are you bitching? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a good thing because right. if he wasn't paying attention to you mm-hmm. and didn't give you any kind of feedback, he in you. then he doesn't believe in you. Right. Exactly. Like, thank you, coach, for benching me because I freaking missed six in a row. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That should wake you up and be like, you need to practice more. You yeah. Think, and get right. your shot better. Like, Amen. thank you for the love and yeah. the people that were willing to go there in your life mm-hmm. to hold for a higher standard. Yeah. And I don't think people respond enough good to that. I mean, here, here's, here's the key point of that is like, is like when you know they're doing it for your benefit, yeah. right? Because I could be a hard ass on you, just chew you out every single day, you know, to do this, do this, do this. And if I never, ever once let you know that I'm proud of you when you do accomplish, or I never let you know that I'm doing this because I see a potential in you, then you're just going to think I'm an asshole yeah. the whole time. I just hate being around him. But if you do it from the presence of I'm doing this because I love you, because I believe in you, yeah. then you know that pain that they're bringing on you is for your benefit. And if you just embrace that, lean into that pain, lean into that fear you feel, you will grow. That's 100%. the point of a coach. That's the point of a mentor is to push you past your limits, not to fluff you up, yeah. right? Oh, you're great. You're wonderful. Fluffy, fluffy this. You know, it's like, no, push past because you're not doing enough, fucker. And, and, the, and the bigger problem is most parents weren't ever trained. Yes. So if you think about it, it's like nobody taught your parents how to be coaches and mentors. Right. They weren't naturally thinking themselves as coach and mentor. They're right. actually probably just some other normal employee that's getting beat up at work just like you were. Right. And to recognize that, like it's been so interesting. Like luckily my dad was an entrepreneur and he had like a smart, savvy head. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents weren't that. They had yeah. normal jobs. They had, you know, they went to work, they got bossed around and they didn't ever learn how to create leadership and coaching and, mm-hmm. and really be a steward. And so a lot of times we blame our parents instead of give them grace and yeah. saying, Oh my God. And, and it's hard to do that and disassociate because they're 30 years older than you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, they must know they're yeah. 30 years older right. than me. Yeah. Put yourself on, take out time, mm-hmm. take out age, mm-hmm. put yourself on a neutral playing field and now assess it and say, if I'm them 30 years from now mm-hmm. and, and lived a normal life and job, did I ever get a playbook and coaching and mentorship right. and, and seminars on mm-hmm. how to be the most loving, but stern and best mentor coach for my kids? It's like, no, they were just mm-hmm. doing the best they could. Right. So give them some grace. Mm-hmm. And now what are you going to do with that information? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're really on the topic of like struggle here. Cause like, let, let's be honest, your industry, right. And what you've been in is probably the most struggle filled industry in the world. I did door to door for two years and my gosh, right. There I pride be, myself on being a hard worker and I hated every there second. There should be a book. Should, the next book I should write would be. The lessons learned from getting your face kicked in yeah. a thousand times a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, <laughs> like, like, like that's the thing though. Yeah. Like, what lessons do you learn from the school of hard knocks? And yeah. I'm talking hard physically stuff. hard knocks, like right. literally. Like, I'm not a figurative hard knocks. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. This is hard knocks. Yeah, it and, is. And and the reason they that that verbiage or or, or idiom was mm-hmm. formed was because mm-hmm. of probably door to door. Yeah, like they call it hard knocks probably because of door to door. Right, I, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like if you're rejected a hundred times a day. Mm. What, what's going through your head? What's the fear, the insecurities, the doubts, Mm -hmm. the, the why me, the unworthiness, like the, Mm -hmm. all those things that, that push through the struggle, the heat, the, you know, and and it's like for me to do that for 20 years, like Mm -hmm. people don't realize like that's a lot of freaking face getting kicked in. Yes. And I think that, yeah, I just, I think people underestimate like that more than 10,000 hour rule. It's like you underestimate that 
conditioning, the, mm. the, the thick skin you can develop mm. through that job. Yeah. And I don't think everybody, anybody really has put themselves, I think a lot of people probably listening to this have never put themselves in a challenging situation that created mm. pain like door to door would. Right. Like they've sat in a desk, mm -hmm. they've had leads handed to them or they've <laughs> just had, here's your SOP yeah. five o'clock. You check out, yep. you know, they've never been in a place where it's do or die. Yeah. I don't eat if I don't sell yeah. my bank account. I make $0 this week and worked 80 mm -hmm. hours. Yeah. Those situations are real in door to door. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. You worked 80 hours and made no money. Congratulations. Yeah. That feels good. Yeah. Where you work 80 hours at your job and you're paid a W2, mm -hmm. you're getting paid. Yeah. Like it's just regardless of performance. Yeah. And so like to have to learn that, Hunter, the resilience, the the emotional control, mm -hmm. the self pick me ups a hundred mm -hmm. times over, yeah, helps you in any aspect of life. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh geez, let's just make sure everyone listening to this understands because I, I feel like people understand door to door, but let's just break this down. Door to door, especially for summer sales, door to door, yeah. right? Because some people do year round door to door. It's a little lax. Yeah, right. It's a little bit more like you know you go out the the prime hours, right? It's yep. not like day to day in summer sales where you go three to four months in the summer, right? Which a lot of college kids are doing, which is a great way to make money. Uh, you will make a lot of money if you if you just push through and learn. Is you get three to four months, and you go out. You're you're starting every day. 9 a.m. and you don't come home until 9 p.m. You're taking a 30-minute lunch in your car maybe, right? And guess what? The entire time you know I can go home. You can drive home. You can go back to your apartment yeah. and relax the entire time. Or you could ship back to Utah. Or you, you could ship, ship back. back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you'd be like, I was that kid that just couldn't freaking hack. Right, yeah. Which happens. It happens all the time because like, you are out there every single day. And we're talking summer, so it is the heat. And you're standing in these doorways. And a lot of time, these doorways... They're not insulated. The it's heat a actually, microwave it's oven a, it's of a sun <laughs> collection. This metal door <laughs> exactly. that's just emanating heat <laughs> on you, and you're just dripping sweat looking at people. Just oh, like, and you're slashed. You're getting chiggers in the legs. You're, you're getting like, <laughs> yeah, you just, didn't even know what chiggers were. Yeah. I was like, what did you just say? No, yeah. chiggers. I was, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's you right. Like, yeah. But then, you know, like that's, and then you, you're in this, and then- a good, if you want to perform, you need to knock 200 doors a day, probably, right? Around those numbers, depending on your industry, maybe 200 doors a day to maybe make three sales. That means that 197 people every single day are not just telling you, oh, no, thanks. No, 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 we're good. We're good. But they're going like, what the hell are you doing here, yeah, right? Get the fuck off my get property. Get the fuck like, off. I'm talking like, yeah. it's not I'm nice calling the people. cops on. Yeah, no. Yeah. And and honestly, I get it because people have now knocked on my door and I felt myself like, come on, you know? But I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to show grace. I understand yeah. what they're doing. I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> so I'll open the door. Like, hey, guys, I love you. Next door. We're not interested. We already here's have that. Water. And then, <laughs> here's some water. And they keep pushing. I'm like, oh, I know why you're pushing. I understand the training you just had, but I'm sorry. And I shut the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's no grace in it, man. Yeah. You're like brutal. I mean, hell, like I had an experience where a guy literally attacked me on, on the porch, like physically yeah. came at me, attacked me. And I'm in a fist fight on the front porch with this guy. Yeah. And I'm, he's just this crazy dude because yeah. you don't know who's on the other side of the door. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm going to fist fight in some yeah. random area with some guy because he's like, get the fuck off my property yeah, and swings at me. Yeah. Like, holy shit. <laughs> it's dude, just, it is nuts no. the stories like yesterday oh. i had an interview with a company that reached out about doing a documentary on me you should and oh, uh, 
I was like, they're like, so what do you think the story would be? I'm like, what do you think the story should be? All the crazy shit that goes on with the story. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, let me tell you. <laughs> they're like, no way. I was yeah. like, the problem is we'd have to reenact them because to try to figure out when and how to catch all of those yeah. would be hard. But it, well, you'd have to film yeah, from across the street, across the street in the car. Yeah, you're just like hidden camera like all day for like many reps and you would catch so many crazy things. Dude, yeah, like film like a yeah. few reps throughout a summer, right? Yeah, and you would, you just, would capture so many cool oh, things. I was like, that would make the most epic documentary. Please make that. Please. Yeah. The life of door to door guy. Yeah. I would love to watch that because then I know I'm not alone. Yes. <laughs> but dude, like I'm, I'm going to tell all my kids as long as it doesn't become like illegal or someday, like 20 years from now, I want all my kids to do at least one summer. Oh, it's a, it's a rite of passage for my girls. Yeah. And like, it's funny, like my seven year old, um, she's like in class and they're doing this project of they're like, they're like drawing out what they want to do for their future career. And everybody's yeah. like firefighter, policeman. <laughs> and she's like lemonade stand operator. And, the, and they like, for some reason they filmed it. They sent it to me because they thought it was so cute. And the, and the teacher was like, well, why do you want to do lemonade stand operator? And she's like, well, cause I can make money. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's right. That's right. Like learn it young. Like you go out and sling something, you make money. I like, love you that. You can make money anywhere. But I was like, I love that she's already getting conditioned of like that mentality of mm -hmm. like, you, you know, go eat what you kill and you don't yeah. have to take this normal standard W2. Right. Here's what you're paid. Yeah. That's badass. I love that. I mean, so let, let, let me ask you about this, right? Obviously, we're here in Utah, which is pretty much the capital of the world for number one, MLMs, and number two, door-to-door -door companies, yep. right? I mean, I don't know any other state, any other location that take like has, you know, so many and huge companies that were built off of those two systems. And I think we all know where that comes from. That comes from us, our upbringing. Are you LDS? Or you, you're right, I asked you that. You were raised LDS, right? So that comes from the upbringing of, you know, being a member of the church, right? Or like growing up in the church. Yep. Because I'm assuming, do you serve a mission? Yep. Where'd you go, by the Argentina. way? Argentina. Argentina. That's my favorite thing to do, right? <laughs> but the mission, I mean, let's just talk about that. It's like 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds being sent out to literally do door-to-door -door in any part of the world, right? Same thing every single day, all day long for two years, knocking doors, but you're not selling pest control or home security. You're selling Jesus, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're selling Jesus, which is a tough sell. And I always thought about this. I'm like, I'm like man, if I got a residual on the 10% tithing, <laughs> every, sign you up for a lifetime contract. Like, I get 10% of your 10%. So that's that's, right. Okay. You're like, you're like, I would do this. Yeah. I'm hunting them down. I'm like, you haven't paid this much. That's right. You need to come back to church. We'd have super high retention rates. Yes. It'd be great. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's obviously where that comes from, right? Yep. There's, I think there's amazing things with that, but there's also a weird, interesting thing of being here in Utah, right? Which we were talking about before is there's a weird energy here in Utah with this like entrepreneurial life, but like the door to door life, it's ultra competitive. And I, I, I still don't know how to describe it to people because they yep. ask me about it. I'm like, I don't know. So what's your take on it? It's interesting. So a guy reached out about a year ago named Tad from the New Yorker. Okay. And he's like, Hey, we want to write an article on you. And, um, it actually just published in this month's, I saw uh, that. Okay. Uh, yeah. This month's, uh, thing. So it Congratulations. took about a year. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting cause he flew out probably four times to do the interview. Mm -hmm. And, um, he went out and knocked with me a couple of times. Oh, like, really? It was like a whole thing. Yeah. And 
one of the elements of that was he I introduced him to a high up in the church and he started mm-hmm. to interview. He interviewed my dad who was mission president. And, oh, okay. You yeah. Know, so like mm-hmm. he went into the whole, let's go down the rabbit hole of how's the church made an impact on door to door. And it talks a little oh, bit about it in the article. Interesting. And what, what, what I found, cause obviously I've, I was in Dallas and had no Utah companies and yeah. I had 60 business owners last week training them on how to start door to door companies, yeah. like, and how to, and how to do it. So there's yeah. the non Utah, we'll call it Idaho, Utah, Arizona kind of world. Yeah, that, yeah. And then there's like everywhere else. Yeah. And two different door to door communities. Mm. Um, so you're, so you're so, just to make sure. So you're pairing Idaho, Utah, Arizona, which is, which is totally yeah. fair. Yeah. That so it's like street. that kind of corridor yeah. is like, kind of got this own culture. True. And then you have like everyone else. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, and so, what is interesting, there's two two pieces I want to talk to, and so I might be long-winded to what you just asked. No, please go for it. Yeah. One is that kind of cultural it's okay mm-hmm. helped, obviously, door-to-door. Meaning mm-hmm. you go outside in Kentucky and you're like, come do door-to-door sales. They're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's a thing? Like, yeah, right. People do that still? Right. Like It's like, no. In Utah, it's like, come do door-to-door sales. Oh, you're the 17th person that's asked me this <laughs> week. You know? You've got... Uh, it's not <laughs> if I'm going to do it. It's where am I going to do it? Which company am I going to go with? Yeah. How much are they going to give me? And, yeah. You know, it's like a whole different answer to that. Mm. And so culturally, just year after year, it was like when I was graduating high school, I was already getting recruited out of high school, even though I went to, uh, I went to high school in Fresno, California. And oh, okay. it was like a matter of... Um, you know, which would I do pest or alarms? It wasn't like, should I do it? Yeah. And so it was like a battle between them just cause I come from that like world. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's helped obviously cultivate a higher expect. It's like the PRs or the culture of like, keep breaking out mm-hmm. world records, keep getting bigger and stronger mm-hmm. yeah. kind of mentality of like basketball 15 years ago versus basketball today. Right. The NBA is just a different speed, a different yeah. pace. It just, they come better and stronger because right. of cultural basketball. Right. Mm-hmm. So Utah has created the standard. Mm-hmm. Then you have outside the world where there's no real community of cutthroat, competitive mm-hmm. people, jumping ship leadership stemming from leadership. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same. Yeah. So right. that's one element of why it's kind of like the Mecca but two is this interesting um, expectation. I talked about this on, like I'm writing a book right now and mm. yesterday we were jamming on this concept of the box. Mm. And I think in Utah, there's this, like it is one of the highest per capita entrepreneurs, you know, entrepreneur per capita no state. Question, yeah. And there's this, like even moms, mm. every mom is like stay at home mom. And then what do they do? You need to start some weird side hustle. Doterra. Like, yeah. You're young living. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, well, you don't have a boutique. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> you're obviously not killing it as a mom. Like every good mom has a boutique. Sorry, do you have a, you don't have a blog? Or yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? Like yeah, you're not right. an influencer? Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's this element of this societal pressure to, um, kind of keep up with the Joneses. Mm. And, 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 and two reasons I think that is, is one, there are these little communities where it is like a big city, small town though. Mm-hmm. And because everybody's going to the same church, everybody's going and talking, they're in each other's worlds, they're in each other's businesses. And so the ego mind naturally wants to compare. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge problem in my opinion, because yeah. it puts this unexpected pressure that's not really, it's, it's, it's fake. It's like mm-hmm. there doesn't, why is there this need of pressure yeah. to be a mommy blogger and to be ex entrepreneur and to, <laughs> right. you know, and to, to go earn X income and keep up with your neighbor. And it's just cause we're so submerged in each other's like little worlds. Mm. But the problem is, is it creates this judgment and comparison and expectation life. And that can put a lot of pressure that's really unnecessary on mm-hmm. one's mind mm-hmm. in life that if they're not conscious of it, that could really help hurt mental 
health. No and, question. And hence why we have a big suicide rate. That's Massive. why we have a self-worth rate and highest mm-hmm. boob job rate. And, yeah. You know, like well, all that, those things, dude, Xanax rate. People like, don't, t- yeah, we have like huge Xanax think, rates. You yeah. think of like, okay, you look at the real internal problems that's mm. created in, in our community and you're like, oh shit, like how do we reverse that? And so, um, first off, it's just one admittance and awareness, mm. right? And so I think one of my missions and one of my messages that I continue to preach is it's like this achievement, but also fulfillment. Mm. And one, if they're always chasing a comparing mind, it's really hard to ever feel fulfilled because you're never enough. You're always going to find somebody else to compare yourself to. Mm -hmm. And so it's this practice of deconstructing those beliefs that maybe you've had imposed on you for your whole life that Mm. you weren't even conscious of. And that's a big piece that I'm like trying to help this community, not just in door to door, but also in, just Utah or just mm-hmm. life and yeah, anybody like right. it can happen to anybody mm-hmm. help them deconstruct or bring yeah. light to. Yeah. I mean, well, gee, yeah, you're dude, like the height has Xanax, uh, de- antidepressants, yeah. right? Massive problem here in Utah. Right. And like, you know, what's funny is we talk about, you know, plastic surgery is Utah, I believe, I don't know if it's Utah Valley or whatever, but like it has like the highest per capita next to like LA. Yeah, you're right? just like, <laughs> like, you're like Miami, Salt Lake, and Utah yeah. in, in LA. You're like, wait, like, what? Why what? Salt Lake? Like, yeah. Weird one to be in there. Yeah, exactly. Know? Like Denver, like yeah. Salt Lake, like what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's just, and I don't even know how to put a finger on it, but I think that's a great way to articulate it is just this, this, since everyone has that kind of mentality of, of something like that, it's just this competitive nature. It's almost like this under like underground competitive nature too. Yeah. Because there's a front that's put on. for you. Yes. But not. Like, and it just pisses me off. Yeah. It's like, you can feel it energetically, Mm. but a lot of times it's not said. Yeah. And I think it's just, that's the struggle that I'm conflicting energetically wise that has really helped. One, it's kind of like, it's, it's almost like disheartening sometimes yeah. when I get in certain communities and I'm just like, you guys are just like, you're on your own little like self-aggrandized mm-hmm. pedestals that make no sense. Like, mm-hmm. And when you can get off that, get outside your box, start look, looking at things from different lenses of like, mm-hmm. is this my lens or is this a neutral lens? Is this God's lens? Is this, you know, what perspective am I seeing things mm-hmm. from? And, and, and it takes practice to mm-hmm. one be there, mm-hmm. right? To to slow things down and say, oh shit, is this coming from my own ego lens or is this coming from a neutral loving lens? Yeah. And I watch myself and I've had to like really intentionally practice that to where I can start approaching people no matter what they look, what they make, what they mm-hmm. do, you know, and, and just being like, dude, I'm coming with you with love and mm-hmm. I hope you can enlist in my mission and I want to understand your mission mm-hmm. and see where, see where we can support and, and honor each other. Yeah. Well, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we're on podcast, there's a lot of questions, but so I'm getting, so I'm listening to you and you know, I'm here, I'm hearing the way you're talking. Right. And I get this feeling that you're on a really, really important journey right now in your life. Yeah. Right. Am I, am I, is that correct? Very correct. Okay. <laughs> Cause you can hear people. I hear people on this podcast all the time talking about stuff, but I hear something in your voice around now talking about like, you know, all these things and I can just hear this journey that you're on right and i, I didn't I, I didn't know if that'd be personal to ask but can i ask you what kind of journey you're on because it seems very powerful it's big like i don't know how to explain it <laughs> but, um no and it's hard sometimes it's like humbling like you know you're like why me yeah right? mm-hmm. same thing like when i got that call i'm sitting in a desert meditating and you mm-hmm. go wait, why me? (laughs) You know, you're like, no, there's a million other people that should be Uh doing this. I'm not the shit. Like, like it's like this humbling of like, well, why would it be Sam that gets to be this 
badass guy mm. that revolutionizes door to door and hosts these events and has thousands and in, in, in this you know like oh shit like the new yorker the documentary mm. it's like you're like me like yeah. oh like i could give you 50 other people that probably yeah. should be it right like, yeah um but i've just had a really good relationship to god and just mm. saying like i've had i just feel like i've been called to do some really cool shit mm. and this journey that I've been on one for the last two years, it's been deconstructing a lot of beliefs and mm. systems around, you know, limitations in life that had been superimposed on me. Like I look at my dad, I'm like, good for him. He mm. pioneered a new, a new life for us. Cause he didn't grow up super rich and he just right. broke through all those economic boundaries, mm -hmm. but still kind of had the scarcity mentality. I'm like in the next chapter of like, Hey, what, what can I do that is a massive impact for mm. society today? And it started with me, this, five years of chapter of like that door to our community I've served in a really high level mm. and I will continue to do so, but there's a next level mm. and it's much more beyond just door to door sales. Yeah. I got to have this playground that was really cool. Yeah. And what we're building with this new app and this new platform, mm. will, like I'm telling you, it's been like God sent, like it's just like door to door. It was so clear as day. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I want to do this business because yeah. these other people told me in this idea mm. and I'm going to copy this. It was like, no one's doing that. It's mm. a new ocean and you're going to go create it. I'm like, really? How do I do that? Mm. I'll help you figure it out as you go. Just trust. Mm. Like, okay. And when God calls and he says, go do something and you're like, shit, how? Mm. That's going to, like, that sounds so crazy. No one's doing that shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, God just said to do it. So I'm mm. just going to do it. And mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to fund it. I don't know who's going to be the part of it. I don't know how big it, like, okay, mm -hmm. just do it. And yeah. I just live that way. Mm. And so this next iteration of this human development system and kind of this new age of way that we track and develop and learn and, and coach. And, you know, it's a coach's tool to better expand the lives they lead. Mm -hmm. Because the problem is, is everybody's self-proclaiming they're a coach or they're an influencer or they're this, but there's no real system behind it. Mm. They're like got in a Google spreadsheet and they've got this thing. And then they're like, I'm a coach. And you're like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I provide actual instruction and, mm -hmm. and tools and resources to these kind of more self-made experts and coaches that rightfully could be mm -hmm. rightfully should be. Yeah. It's just, there's no framework for them. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to, to see where this goes over the next 10, 15 years. And mm. I really feel like it's the next big journey. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just, I love like just listening to you right now, because like I said, like, you know, people talk, come on here, talk about business and all this stuff. And I get a lot of great advice and you know, I know I, I'm selfish on these things. Cause I just like listening. Yeah, I, like yeah. taking I, notes. I have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, selfishly. I'm asking you this I'm question. I'm asking you this question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they learn something cool, but I know I'm learning. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not here. You're just cameras. Yeah. You're just cameras here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but so, I, so, but it's fascinating when I listen to you, right. Cause I wish more entrepreneurs looked at their mission, right? And their, well, I, I wish more entrepreneurs looked at their business and what they are capable of because they're doing such incredible things and recognize what it really could be at a higher level other than just a cool branded business. It is literally a mission, a mission that was called from the higher power, right? Yep. And that's what I've always believed is is I'm going to do these things. And because like you said, like I felt the calling, I know, and not just the calling, like I've had you know, some, especially in the last year, some of the most incredible experiences in my life um, with a calling of like, I have to do something greater, right? The yeah. business is the platform to accomplish something greater than myself and what God would have me do. Right. So that's why I'm listening to you here. I'm like, I'm like, you're not just talking about building door to door con, you know, you're not just talking about a really cool brand and niche marketing. And this is this I'm listening to you. I'm like, Mike, like, like there's something else happening there. Right. Which that's the thing is like, sometimes you're building the brand 
and then that's what leads you yeah, to this other thing. Yeah, it was a great stepping stone. Yeah. And, and who knows what next stepping stones will need to take place, mm-hmm. but it's clear as day, like, the need mm-hmm. and, and society, the impact that's everyone's asking for, and yeah. it's just like some leadership has got to step up. I s- myself has to step into the higher version of me to go mm-hmm. lead this next movement in this mm-hmm. next culture. That's awesome, dude. Dude, I'm excited to see what you do, man. Because I'm just, I'm hearing it. And yeah, I know you're going to do it. Obviously, you've had, you know, a ton of success with this other stuff, but I'm excited what you're about to do, man. Because I just hear it in your voice. I'm like, yeah. this is going to be cool, whatever it is. It's you know? cool. And now just, yeah, I'm like leaving some vagueness. Too, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, we don't need to go into all the little nitty gritty. You guys will see yeah. it here in the next minute. But, um, but it's been a, it's been a really really cool project. Awesome. Well, I can't wait, bro. Dude, I can't thank you enough for coming on the bullpen, man. We just spit some fire for you know a full hour here. This was awesome, dude. I'm excited yeah. to get to know you more too. This yeah. was really cool. Um, and listen, actually, everybody got to know. Door to door cons happening what in January? January yeah, January twentieth and twenty first. Yeah, and I mean, guys, he's got a pretty dope speaker lineup. <laughs> do you want? Do you want to? Yeah, look, yeah. That? Okay, so okay. I haven't told it to anybody, so you're the first to hear. So Hell yeah, <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Um, I mean, he sold out the Vivint Arena. Like, Dude. if you, if you're somebody that's like even not in door to door, like just to go see that guy speak would be. I want to go. Ticket. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is one of the most interesting, intellectual, like challenger thinker. And, and I just really align with like some of the, like there's some stuff I'm like, yeah, okay, that's mm-hmm. cool. But like some of the stuff he says, it's like, it makes you think. And mm-hmm. there are not enough people. There's so many like, yeah, like Gary Vee's and Grant Cardone's. There's like work hard, like 10X. Like, yep. And that's cool. And I, I, I love everybody. It's mm-hmm. just, I like how he's challenging philosophy and belief systems. And then you have David Meltzer, who's mm-hmm. like just a spiritual juggernaut. He's mm-hmm. a freaking stud. And you have Tom Bilio, who is a great business entrepreneur mm-hmm. and has interviewed and picked the brains of so many amazing people. Yeah. So insightful and such a pure heart. And so mm-hmm. it's like having guys like that, like really align with what I'm preaching and what I'm moving towards. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm, I'm excited. And then we'll have 30 other workshop speakers and vendors mm-hmm. and maybe have a whole experience. And so, if you're looking for uh, leadership and sales and recruiting and, you know, business entrepreneurship, that would be an event to go to. We Even a, if you're not in door to door, absolutely like, worth it. Oh, yeah. we have people like <clears throat> wives come in and yeah. everybody like it, it's turned yeah. into like, yeah, it's called door to door con, but like everybody knocks doors. I don't care what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just what, what is the door you're not knocking? Cause you're scared. And, and how do you get more motivation to go do that and, yeah. and build a relationship to resilience and all that stuff's going to be covered there. And, uh, we have a recruiting summit in October. If you can't wait till January in uh, San Diego, twentieth mm-hmm. through the twenty third. So if you're like a recruiter, you're trying to find salespeople, you're wanting to network market or go and find opportunities to find talent, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be a cool event to go to. It's more intimate, yeah. hundred people, and I don't know. We do all sorts of stuff. You can find my podcast, DDD Podcast, or mm-hmm. um, DD Experts on YouTube, or. Just look me up, Sam Taggart on Instagram. I'll yeah, up. absolutely. Go follow this guy, guys. Everyone go follow him. We're going to drop a link in here for you guys, everyone, to go. Uh, make sure you go DoorDoorCon. Even if, like, again, even if you're not in DoorDoor, go. Because what I've, I've, I've had so many friends who have been to DoorDoorCon and, you know, just what you put on. It's an incredible experience. One of the biggest, you know, events that, you know, the you see all over America, right? This is definitely one of them to be to. You know, you talk about Jordan Pearson. I th- he, he's literally a philosopher. Like, I think he will go down as, you know, the modern day Carl Jung, right? Or Socrates. Like, he is a philosopher of our, our of today's day who has spread a message across the world. He, that's what he is. And I can't wait for you to have him on stage. I yeah. want to go listen. So yeah. that's incredible. Well, dude, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate you. Um, everybody, go follow this guy and make sure you, I'll see you at Door to Urcon. Thanks, thanks for coming guys. on, brother. Thanks, man.